Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Haley Wooden. I'm Tyler Orton. And this podcast is brought to you by Manning, Elliott Accountants, and Business Advisors. Well, on Thursdays, we like to bring you some of the business headlines we're following. Tyler, what are you following right now? Lyft made its international debut this week in Toronto. And guess what? We don't have it in Vancouver, of, <laughs> of course, course not. but I, I did speak to Lyft and they were saying, look, we are interested in this Vancouver market. Of course, uh, they do have boots on the ground and that there are people meeting with stakeholders trying to get their foot in the door here. We also see that with Uber recently, they are launching their Uber Eats uh, app in select neighborhoods throughout Vancouver, which actually allows them to recruit drivers without actually getting into the regulatory mess that we have right now. For, for those who don't recall, as it stands at, at this point, we're going to this uh, sort of uh, expert review of the industry mm-hmm. first. So that's we're expecting a report back in early 2018. It's just very odd considering how uh, every single party campaigned on the platform of, yeah, we're going to bring in ride sharing, ride hailing by the end of 2017. And yeah, and here we are. are. Yeah. And there's nothing. We actually had Uber Canada on our Roundhouse radio show too. And they said that there are instances where they work with their competitor, Lyft. And in BC, that's been one of them because the first priority for both companies is seeing legislation tabled that would allow them to operate to some capacity and a very open one if they have their wish in Metro Vancouver and in BC too. So they're actually sort of putting aside differences. Competition competition will reign once the regulatory framework is in, in place. But I thought that was interesting too, how they're sort of on the same side of this issue at this stage in BC. And it makes sense because the same side is, yes, we want ride hailing services here and we're not allowed to do that. So yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Um, I, I guess some piece of the pie is better than no piece of the pie as far as these guys are concerned. Haley, what's catching your eye? Well, we had some big news tied to the small business tax reforms proposed by the federal li- liberal government. First, we had the Senate Standing Committee on National Finance publish its report after doing a cross-country consultation with stakeholders. In short, it's urging the federal government to nix the reforms. If it can't do that, it's encouraging government to, at the very least, delay them for about a year and in the interim conduct a comprehensive review of the Income Tax Act and Canada's tax regime, along with that, an economic review of how reforms like these will impact Canadians. And we've heard over the past several months quite a bit from small businesses, boards of trade, doctors, farmers, what have you, who have concerns about these taxes. And I think at this stage, some of those concerns stem from how it was brought about too. I think this is a a political mess made that was not necessary at this point. I can understand why the federal government would implement the measures as they did. So just the way they went about it, it's not making sense. I I, I still do kind of, um, I don't know, my, my eyebrow goes a little bit up when we hear about all these poor destitute doctors who mm. aren't able to engage in, uh, say, the, the income sprinkling or, or what have you as much as they would. I, 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 I'm skeptical of those claims, but going forward, I, I mean, I, I don't know what else the government could have done without political mo- losses continuing to mount here. It is a controversial issue, just taxes in general. I think along that same vein, a lot of people maybe find it pretty rich that Trudeau and Morneau, uh, finance minister and of course, prime minister, arguing for the rights of the middle class and for putting people on even 
playing field when both, of course, come from very wealthy backgrounds. The other announcement this week was that Finance Minister Morneau published new rules around income sprinkling that are supposedly simpler. Uh, It's quite complicated, but essentially there are some exclusions now, so you don't have to pass this reasonableness test to prove that you contributed to a business in some cases. So for example, for a spouse who's 65 or older and has contributed to a business. So I mean, it's very complex. One of the findings of the Senate report was that these reforms do add complexity. However, it's the reforms, but it's also the state of the tax regime in Canada, too, and how it's evolved over the past many decades. So I think everyone can agree that some level of reform is warranted. We'll see what happens with these ones. Let's continue business headlines after this short break. This podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax, and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, and if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors a call at 604-714-3600. That's 604-714-3600. Or you can check them out on their website at manningelliott.ca. What else are you watching in business headlines? I think the biggest news so far this week, at least most significant news, would be the deal between Disney and Fox. Uh the mouse house, as I like to call it, Haley, uh, <laughs> acquiring Fox for about $52 billion US. Wow. Um, you know, uh, this is essentially their strategy to compete with Netflix. Fox does not really see a way forward with their ability to launch streaming services that could compete with Netflix. But guess what? Disney does. So Disney can further acquire more IP, intellectual property here. They're Already announcing, plan- they've already announced plans to launch their own streaming service. So you're going to see a lot of these Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars movies. They're all going to be on these Disney streaming services. And I, I, I have some people on Facebook already saying, "Yay, yay, we get to have these." I don't know, Avengers versus the X Men movies. Now that everybody's going to be owned by the same company, I think people should be actually concerned about. Um, maybe just a few organizations controlling everything about our lives. So, and I also (laughs) don't know, look, if you've got like two of the largest film studios essentially under the same umbrella, none of the movies are really going to compete against each other. So that kind of stamps out competitions. They're all going to be opening on different weekends. I, I don't think this is actually really great for content lovers uh, particularly I'm but I am intrigued by what this means for Canada especially when it comes to how the I guess the the local film service industry has exploded in recent years especially when you see Netflix uh, just go whole hog on productions here in Vancouver Uh, people can't find studio space if we have more competition between these essentially disney wants to be able to really take on netflix if we have more competition between these two entities i wonder what that means for the service sector here in vancouver as well with regards to the film industry yeah that's very interesting your point about what it might do for content quality is an interesting one too i mean we're in the era content is king netflix has poured a lot of money into developing its own content it's also shelled out to acquire rights to uh to certain publications or content that's well known uh, it's interesting disney acquired several years ago espn uh, not as big a deal, but it is making 
big moves, and it certainly seems very serious to take on Netflix. It announced it's going to be creating its own streaming platform. Disney content won't be available on Netflix past a certain point. So, I mean, it's going at it full force, and through these acquisitions, too, it acquires audiences to some extent. So that's another piece in its favor. It's interesting. I do wonder, too, if we're going to get to the point where we start to see these monopolies break down a little bit. That's one of the benefits of technology. It could potentially allow people access to have their own platform, but we're still sort of seeing this traditional model emerge, even if companies like Netflix and Amazon, they're monopolizing sort of a new space. So I don't know well, what that means for the future. Yeah. The one thing that could you know interfere with that though is these companies are just big enough. They could just buy out, say, some of the disruptors that would come that in. Too. So that's yeah. also kind of the concern, but I don't know. Disney, they are now your corporate overlords, people. <laughs> Get used to it. That's it, uh, Yeah, it's a small world after all. Oh, I, I like that. Get on. <laughs> Our final news, uh, it's a little old at this point. What happened with the TSX yesterday on Wednesday closed at a record high. But uh, what's more relevant is the fact that the U.S. Federal Reserve raised its interest rate for the third time in 2017. That, of course, will have some impact on Canada. I think perhaps most notably, Bank of Canada traditionally does follow what the U.S. Federal Reserve does. We have seen a parting of ways there over the last little while, but uh, economists at RBC anticipating that we'll see three hikes from the U.S. Fed next year and same from the Bank of Canada, the cumulative impact of which here in Canada would be felt most acutely in 2018. Uh, And after the news, gold shot up and some Canadian mining companies uh, associated with gold, Gold Corp, Kinross Gold, Barrick, were positively impacted and saw share prices move up to stronger greenback potentially good for tourism here if we have more uh, southern neighbors coming up to visit Canada. Potentially good for exports too because the Canadian loony is uh, comparatively cheaper, although I don't know, there's so many threats to trade and exports. I think those probably outweigh any gains that might be made by a a single interest rate hike in the US. I mean, you bring bring up the fact that there have been three down in the US this year versus two in Canada. We are obviously on track, and most economists will say that we will start to see more interest rate hikes in Canada next year. I do wonder at what point monetary policy will become aligned once again between the two countries. I mean, traditionally, they've always been aligned. If one country uh, hikes rates, you know, uh, well, I should say if the United States hikes rates, Canada will follow. Cuts rates, Canada will follow. But that's been not the case ever since the 2014 oil shock. I wonder how long it is before we get into that similar alignment or if it just if our economies are so disparate at this point that maybe it's going to be much further down the road than people would suspect. Yeah, I, it's it's hard to note. Canada's economy has been in a pretty good spot over the last little while leading the G7 in terms of growth. Uh, I think one of the reasons behind this latest U.S. rate hike was anticipation of the U.S. economy revving up, gains made in jobs, etc. So we'll see, uh, again, like something like NAFTA or other trade threats could significantly impact us here in Canada. Could impact the U.S. as well, but I don't know to what extent, and I don't think it's to the same extent. So it's going to be a lot to watch for in 2018. That's it for our podcast today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. 
If guests, listeners want more business news, Tyler, where should they go and how should they connect with you? Yeah, you, you can find my stories and your stories too, Haley, at BIV.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Reporton. That's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N. Haley, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Haley Wooden. Feel free to say hi. Uh, and if you want to listen to our podcast, they're also available on iTunes where you can give us a good rating if you so choose. We always appreciate that. That's it for our podcast today and for our podcasts this week. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week.